strong so I can do all the things that I want to do. So for me as an old lady right now, it's about moving rocks, moving gravel, uh, shoveling gravel, uh, picking dirt, literally pulling weeds out of the ground that don't want to come out. It's all about being really fit and really strong to create a garden. So whatever it is that you want to do, what's the safest, most effective, quickest way to get the result that you want? Because the reverse of that, if somebody said to me, Rowie, I'd really like to have the slow, boring exercise that doesn't work, that's going to injure me, hurt me, uh, it just would, would be ridiculous. So I don't want to do that as an exercise professional, of course. And if somebody comes to you for advice, I'm sure that you don't want to give them the slow, boring, ineffective, unsafe exercise program. So what's the best way to exercise to get the best result possible for anything that we do? And I always ask this question, if I'm the fittest that I can possibly be, if I'm the strongest I can possibly be, and if I'm as mentally tough as I can possibly be, what is it that I can't do? So whether I want to run a marathon or do an Ironman or do a Spartan race or compete in CrossFit games or I want to play rugby league for 80 minutes or I want to be a UFC cage fighter or I want to play any sport at all that goes for more than 30, 40, 50 minutes, whatever it is that I want to do, what's the best way for me to train? And I think we've got physiology on our side and I think that as exercise professionals, we either didn't learn the, the energy systems or perhaps we've forgotten them. The phosphate system, the fight and flight system, is the first energy that we do, the, the, the body produces so that we can get the hell out of there. It's called fight and flight, keep me alive. 10 seconds, intense effort, 100%. Because obviously if you've got something threatening you, trying to kill you, trying to rip you apart, uh, threatening your life, you have to sprint away or you have to punch hard. You have to get out of there. It's 10 seconds of fast twitch muscle fibres, Adrenaline, epinephrine, cortisol, high blood pressure, high blood sugar levels, high fat levels, high heart rate, of course, and you can get the hell out of there. It's 100%. Everything we do after that becomes a pacing. I have to pace myself to do 20 seconds. I have to pace myself to do two minutes. I have to pace myself to go for an hour because I can't do any of those at 100%. The lactate system, which is, yes, you can work really hard in the lactate system. That's from 10 seconds to two minutes. But the challenge we've got as exercise professionals trying to inspire people to exercise is that that uh, lactic acid, or sorry, the lactate system has lactic acid as a waste product. And what that waste product produces nausea and a burning sensation in your muscles. Now you can build up a resistance to it, but most athletes that work in that really hard zone of 10 seconds to two minutes, uh, there's a lot of athletes who share with me, they hate it because it burns and it hurts. And it's the toughest way to train. So for somebody who doesn't need to train that way because their sport doesn't involve that activity, why would you give them that? Now, the aerobic system is what we do every day, all day, breathe in oxygen, breathe out carbon dioxide, and we can keep going forever. But it can't be at 100% effort. So anything that you do past 10 seconds isn't 100% effort. So I'm going to ask a question. If I'm going to run marathon, if I'm going to do Ironman, if I'm going to do... Uh, Spartan race, if I'm going to compete all day long at a CrossFit Games, I'm just using some of the extreme sports in the world, uh, what, what kind of mental toughness do I have to have? And if I'm not training to get mentally tough, so if I'm training at 50, 60, 70, even 80, 90% effort, how can I be 100% mentally tough? Is it possible that if I push myself to the absolute limit, then I will get mentally tough? Now, if I rock up at any start line, the start of any competition, the start of any game, the start of anything where I've got to put in mental toughness, would it be good to know that I'm as fit as I can possibly be, I'm as strong as I can possibly be, and I've mentally 
tested myself. So I'm going to use marathon as an example because I'm a marathon runner. I've done 21 marathons, multiple half marathons, and most of those were done without any long distance running. And the reason for that is if you do pounding, even if it's a functional compound exercise, which is what running is, is it possible that you will still get injured because you're hitting the ground so many times? So if somebody says to me, I want to have a safe, effective, fast exercise program to be able to run marathon, why would I get them to do long distance pounding exercise? Particularly if it's 5, 10, 20, 30 kilometres of running, which is what people said to me when I first got ready to run marathon. Rory, you've got to condition yourself to run marathon. So you've got to do fives and then tens and then twenties and then thirties. And as you're getting ready for the marathon, as it gets closer and closer, you've got to start doing thirties. Uh, here's the challenge. The marathon's not 30 kilometers. It's 42.2 kilometers. If I haven't run 42.2 kilometers, how do I know that I can run 42.2 kilometers? I don't. So why do we get people to do fives and tens and twenties and thirties when the race is 42.2? Now here's the question. Is marathon running about being mentally tough? Most people will say absolutely yes. Doesn't matter how fit you are. And people will share with you, even if you're super fit and super strong, there comes a point where any time in the marathon, you want to give up. You've got to be mentally tough to push through it. So here's the question. What if I got as fit as I could possibly be and the test of that is that I get really puffed and I recover really quickly? That's what fitness actually is. I push to 100% effort, phosphate fit, and I recover really quickly from that. So what if I take somebody from being really unfit, they push themselves for 10 seconds and it takes them two, three, four minutes to recover, and I bring that recovery time down to... 10 seconds, 15 seconds, 20 seconds. So they go as hard as possible and then within 20 seconds they've got their breath back and their, their blood pressure's back to normal, their heart rate's back to normal and they can go again. That's a super fit human being. What if I also get their muscles, bones, ligaments, tendons and joints really strong so that every time they hit the ground they've got a body that can handle the pressure? Now does that come from doing hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of repetitions of an exercise in the gym or does that come from having strong muscles and bones that are the strongest they can possibly be? So I'll use the example if I wanted to lift a heavy weight. Let's just say I had a goal to lift 100 kilos. Now my first question would be why do you want to lift 100 kilos and let's just say it's one of your things on your goals list. If you're going into the gym and you can't lift 100 kilos or you go out into the garden and you can't lift 100 kilos... Would you go into the gym with a five kilogram weight or a one kilogram weight and just lift it over and over and over and over for lots of times? Of course, the answer is no, because the only way we get stronger is to overload. So even if I can only lift, and let's say it's five kilos, but I, I, in the phosphate system, in 10 seconds, I can only lift five kilos and I can keep going and going and going for 10 seconds. I do as many as I can. I can do eight, nine or 10 and that's it. But next time I come to the gym, I'm going to lift seven. And then the next time it might be 11. And the next time it might be 15 because the body gets strong really quickly. So it doesn't take long before I condition my body to get strong enough to lift the weight that I want to lift. But I don't do that by doing sub-maximal effort. I do that by doing 100% effort every time I lift. Could running be the same? Could any form of exercise be the same? If I want to run 42.2 kilometres or if I want to ride my bike for 300 kilometres or if I want to play rugby league for 80 minutes, why would I practice rugby league for 40 minutes? Why would I ride my bike for 10 kilometres or even 100 kilometres? 
Why would I run 30 kilometers when my goal is 42.2? So here's a great question and something that comes into my life on a regular basis because I'm an old lady who can run. I'm an old lady who hasn't done any long distance running for a very long time except the event. So I don't do long distance running for marathon running. I don't do long distance running if I want to get fit for 10Ks. I just do sprint training, 100% effort phosphate fit. I make sure that my muscles and bones, ligaments, tendons and joints are as strong as they can possibly be, phosphate strong. That means I'm mentally tough because I know that I'm really fit and I know that I'm really strong. Is it possible that that produces mental toughness? So then I can go and do whatever I want. Wouldn't it be nice to have a body that if you wanted to go skiing for a week, you could, and without getting sore and without getting tired because you're fit and strong? What if you wanted to uh, run a marathon? Wouldn't it be nice you could just go do it? You didn't have to think about it because you knew that you were fit and you knew that you were strong and you knew that you were mentally tough. Now, if I wanted to train somebody for a marathon though, and I'll use this example because I'm a marathon runner, I wouldn't, and I always go back to these three questions. I want the, the exercise program to be safe, I want it to be effective, and I want it to be fast. And one of the things about marathon training, I'm sure you've heard, uh, there's nothing, it's not fast. You have to supposedly do long distance running, 30 kilometers, 10 kilometers, that all takes a long time. Uh, it's supposed, that kind of training is supposed to be effective, but how many times have you seen, if you've ever watched a marathon or participated in a marathon, a lot of people just crash and burn at 10 some people, 10 kilometres, some people 25, some people 35. Is it possible they crash and burn because they haven't got the mental toughness to keep going or because they haven't done 42.2 kilometres before? They've only trained 10, 20 or 30. Some people have said to me, oh, look, I can run 10K so I'll be able to run 40. It's different. Would that be fair? So if I was going to train somebody to run 42.2 kilometres, would it be a good idea to get them really fit, really strong, mentally tough, and then take them out to do a 42.2 kilometre event? Now, it might not be the event, the training session for this, to know that I can do it, and I always ask this question, how do I know that I can do it if I haven't done it? So if somebody wants to compete in a marathon, I would get them really fit, really strong, mentally tough, and then take them out for 42.2 kilometres. Now, I might go with them or I might take them on, I might go on the bike so I can carry the first aid kit and the water and the, the taxi fare back if we need it, all that kind of stuff. But ultimately, I wouldn't get them to plod jog 42.2 kilometres. Just let's go and let's plod our way through it. We would sprint and then we would walk. And when we got our breath back, we'd sprint again. And when we got our breath back, we'd go again. And we would do the 42.2 kilometres. So that when that person rocks up at the start line of their event, the event where they want to get the medal and the certificate to say, I've done a marathon, I'm a marathon runner. And can you imagine how cool that is? Nobody can take that away from you. If you've competed in an event, it's an official event, and you've now got a certificate or a trophy or a medal to say, I have run 42.2 kilometres, that's a pretty cool thing if that's your goal. It might be a Spartan race, it might be a CrossFit Games, it might be a UFC fight, whatever it is that you want to do. The official event, wouldn't it be nice to know that you've done it beforehand so you don't have to guess and hope that when you do the event you can do it. So imagine my athlete, imagine my client, imagine the person that I care about who wants to run marathon. They're standing at the start of the marathon. They know they can do 42.2 kilometers because they've done it with me. They know they can do it because they technically, they probably did it the hard way because they sprinted and walked, sprinted and walked. Now I would say that's the easy way because now they've got to, if you want to do long, slow distance, continuous running for 42.2 kilometers, so be it. But you don't have to do it that way either. You could go to the event and do sprint, walk, sprint, walk. 
But if you're aiming for a time, you've got to get really fit so that you know that you are fit. You've got to get really strong so that you know that your ligaments and tendons and joints can handle it. One of the things about running marathon is that your shoulders are working, your hips are working, your knees are working, your toes get tired. It's 42.2 kilometres. So I want my athlete to know, my client to know that they can do it, that they're as fit as they can possibly be, they're as strong as they can possibly be, and we've done this event together. So now bloody go and enjoy the event, especially if they're running a marathon in London or Rome or Paris or the Gold Coast in Australia or Melbourne where you get to run through the Melbourne in Australia, you get the the end of the race, you run through the the Melbourne cricket ground where 100,000 people can sit. It's a beautiful event. Wouldn't you like to enjoy it rather than being so bloody tired and sore and miserable because you've got to push yourself so hard to get to the end of the race? If you are mentally prepared for 42.2 because you've done it before, could it be more enjoyable? So whatever you do, whatever training you're doing for whatever event, could it be a really good idea to know that you are 100% fit, phosphate fit, Fit meaning, how do, what's the definition of fitness? It means that you can, get, you can go to 100% effort and recover really quickly. That's the technical definition of fitness. Now, you could say fit for what? It could be, oh, I've got to be fit for this particular event. But wouldn't we start with the baseline of, I've, I'm as fit as I can possibly be, which means I can go to 100% effort and recover really fast. I can lift at 100% effort and recover really quickly. Now, the interesting challenge with strength training, however, is the recovery isn't within minutes. The phosphate system recovers quickly, but muscles don't. So if you want people to get really strong for an event, you've got to give them time to recover. So strength training is lift as heavy as you possibly can. Now I've got to recover from the workout, regenerate my muscles after the workout, and then super compensate, which is get stronger. And people often ask me, Rowie, how often should I train? What's the safest... Uh, period between strength training sessions. Well, I can't give you an answer to that because I don't know your lifestyle. And if somebody's telling you that you should train twice a week or three times a week or once a week or once every 10 days, they don't know that because they don't know you well enough. They They can't feel what's going on inside your body. Could recovery depend on how much sleep you get, what your nutrition is like, what stress levels you're under, what's going on in your relationships at the moment, what's going on at work at the moment, are you hydrated? All those factors come into when can I strength train again? Because if I lift to 100% effort in the phosphate system, I have to recover, regenerate, supercompensate. Now, here's the cool thing. How do I know that I've supercompensated? I can lift heavier than before, which means I've gotten stronger. Isn't that a beautiful system? I know that I'm fit because I recover quicker, and I know that I'm strong because I can lift heavier. If I'm not lifting heavier, I'm not getting stronger. If I'm not recovering quickly, I'm not getting fitter. How simple is it? So whatever your client wants to do, whatever your goal is, whatever the people in your life want to do, what if we get them really fit, really strong, and they know that they can do it, mentally they're, they're, they're really tough. And here's my question. If I train somebody at 50, 60, 70% effort, how can they be 100% mentally tough? If I train, get somebody to lift 60, 70% of what they are capable of lifting, how do they know that they're, that they're strong? That's not 100%. It's only 50, 60, 70%. So what if we put 100% effort into everything that we do? It's one of those really crazy things that I hear about all the time in the exercise profession. Food is 80% and exercise is 20%. How about this? 
I want to put 100% effort into eating healthy food, 100% effort into being hydrated, 100% effort into my huffy puffy exercise so I'm physically fit, 100% effort into my strength training, and 100% effort into my mental toughness training so that across the board, everything is at 100%. So when I rock up at my event, when I rock up for life, when I wake up in the morning, when I go out into my garden and dig, I can do it. And I'm sharing this with such passion and enthusiasm because I literally am a very old lady. And I share this on a regular basis because my garden project seems to be getting bigger and bigger. I've just had another multiple tons of rocks delivered and gravel delivered. Uh, I can do it. I'm a very old lady and I can literally move tons of rock, tons of gravel, tons of sand with my bare hands, my shovel, my pick, my rake and my wheelbarrow. I'm really proud of that. And the reason I can say that because I have, I want to be, I want to respect myself. How about you? And I can't respect myself if I'm putting in a 50% effort. I can't respect myself if I know that I can put in a hundred and I only put in 60 or 70. So I want to put in a hundred percent every time so that I can be fit and strong and healthy for the rest of my life. I can be fit and strong to do all the things that I want to do. And the only reason I know that is because I'm fit and strong. Wouldn't that be awesome? Thank you for coming to Romax. Thank you for uh, listening to my passion. Um, This is obviously something that's really important to me because I would love the whole world to be healthy, fit and strong and be able to do all the things that you want to do. I'd love you to have a career or business that you love. How do you do that if you're mentally weak? How do you do that if you're physically unfit and tired and unenergetic? I'd love you to be financially free, but how do you think clearly about your finances if your brain's not working properly because you're not fit and strong? And I'd love you to have a great relationship with all the people in your life, but most importantly, the relationship that you have with yourself. And I'll ask this again, I can't respect myself if I'm putting in half an effort. If you really want to have rock solid, top level self-respect, could it be really important to put 100% effort into everything that you do? May you be living your life to the max, not half max, not three quarters max, to the max. Woo! I feel good. No, 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 because I'm healthy, fit, and strong now. Yay! Woo!